0: You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Pancouver. Charlie, how are you? And happy New Year's Eve, Eve, to you.
1: Yes, Happy New Year. Happy <laughs> New to you, too. I don't know if this is
0: a thing, Charlie.
1: That way. I'm doing well. Thank
0: you? I'm doing very well, Charlie. We have so much to cover today. And there's one particular piece I want to talk about, because even here on Spice Radio, we have been talking about the COVID-19 situation in schools, with many people who are teachers. And you wrote a piece on how citizen journalism teaches what it can teach us, and you particularly focus on Jennifer Hayden, who is a teacher we have even spoken to here on Spice Radio, and she had this thread that got a lot of people's attention.
1: Yeah, it's, it's quite... Uh, she told me, actually, it's going around the world, and it was triggered by a tweet by Keith Baldry of Global BC News. Uh, many people know him, and he made a comment saying, you COVID-0 folks are out of step with science and public opinion, and then he said, also, don't you have a vested financial interest in mask wearing? Well, this set off the the people who are, feel that the government isn't doing enough to address COVID. And, and it's worth noting there are more COVID-related deaths in 2022 than in 2021 and 2020. So the, the, it isn't behind us. And um, the other issue is it's really taking off in China, which is creating worries about variants. So anyway, Jennifer Heighton is a school teacher, but she's also the founder of the Safe Schools Coalition, co-founder, and co-founder of a group called Protect Our Province, B.C., and she spends a lot of time reading uh, research on COVID-19. So she just did a, a 24-tweet thread, blow by blow, um, basically dismantling what uh, the provincial and federal COVID policies and where she felt they were falling short. And, uh, Keith Baldry hasn't responded to this, but it had all sorts of scientific references quoting all these experts and, uh, and, and really, uh, covered the waterfront in terms of better control of viral transmission, um, uh, why vaccines are not, uh, shouldn't be the only defense and, and even the underreported deaths. Um, which is due, in part, according to her, to a severe lack of testing, and it's also because of the time frame that they're measuring the deaths. So, anyway, it was a bit of a social media smackdown, but it was actually done in a positive way. It wasn't uh, attacking, you know, the way social media often does. It, w- it was done in a um, kind of a, a mood of education. And, and that shouldn't be a surprise because Jennifer Hayton's
0: an educator. Exactly. That's what I felt it was too. It was very much a a thread where she was educating people and saying like, here is what we know about this. And I'm sure that this is going to be an ongoing discussion going into the new year as well. Now, Charlie, something else that I want to talk to you about is it seems like climate change has become a big topic of conversation, particularly here in BC. The last couple of years, we've been witnessing a lot of climate events. More recently, the snowstorms, which I can't even remember seeing this many snowstorms in the month of December. Then we had the king tide as well. Do you think this is going to to be a topic that we are going to continue to talk about.
1: Oh, without a doubt. But one of the things that happened this winter, and also last um, November with the rainstorms too, it's related to this ocean current um, called La Nina, and, uh, where, where the Pacific Ocean is cooler, and that is generally associated with more um, um, precipitation, but also cooler summers. So if you notice, last summer we didn't have the heat dome like we did the previous summer. It was a relatively mild summer. Um, Where it's going to become newsworthy in the coming year is the scientists are forecasting the end of this La Nina, which is the warmer or the cooler ocean current, in the spring. And I think that may set the stage for heat waves in the summer, which we escaped last summer. And I, I really think if people can get a, if they don't have air conditioning and they see an air conditioner on at a discounted uh, price in Best Buy or something in the middle of winter, because nobody buys air conditioning in winter, um, this would be a good good investment as we, um, or even if you're buying a vehicle, to think about, uh, should I be getting air conditioning? because i i think the heat waves are going to be the next story that we're going to be seeing after kind of having a year off
0: in yeah. that area it's true and you know charlie even talking about more recently this flooding that we're seeing i mean this is no surprise to anybody but we know that flooding is very much a reality especially you know in the false creek area i remember seeing signs saying hey you know one day this punch of this area could be gone. Do you think that, you know, knowing what we're seeing now, especially how high the floods were, our governments going to be taking, you know, like proactive measures to address this?
1: Well, this is a a very good question, and False Creek in particular. False Creek used to go all the way to Clark Drive in the the 19th century, and then that land was reclaimed, and that's why it's called False Creek Flats. And I, I thought it was a mistake when the provincial government and it was the previous provincial government decided to build the new St. Paul's hospital on Falls Creek Flats because I think uh, there could be problems if there's an earthquake and liquefaction could occur for the roads. I think the hospital will be okay because they're going to build it up to all this code, but it may be difficult to sea levels on the um, eastern seaboard and in Atlantic Canada and eastern U.S. than the Pacific, and there are reasons geologically to do with the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, so that's why Florida is probably going to get it worse than Vancouver, but over time we're going to see more of this, and, and that's... Plus you've got Greenland dumping all that water with the ice melt in Greenland that's affecting eastern seaboard
0: of North America. Mm-hmm, certainly, Charlie. And now I want to shift gears here, and this was a fascinating piece you wrote about the PUSH Festival artist-in-residence, Rakesh Sukesh, who has created an entire show that is looking at microaggressions. Now, this is fascinating. We want to hear more about this.
1: Yeah, he's he's a very interesting person, and he's from Kerala. Uh, he's totally kind of bicultural and that he's lived in the West for many years, but he grew up in India. He's lived in Delhi and Chennai and I think at Hyderabad, one of the other cities, but he grew up in a city on the Malabar coast in Kerala. And, and, and he's based in Belgium um, now, but he's performing at the Push Festival. And this originated when he was doing a, a dance A friend contacted him and said he's at the center of this white supremacy campaign uh, complaining about immigrants and that they were ta- taking, you know, construction jobs, Uber jobs, uh, like these kind of uh, more entry-level type work, which is not what he was doing. And, and it was, he found that very destabilizing. And, and even though um, there was no violence associated with this, Made him think about well, what are our perceptions of other people? How could somebody draw all these conclusions about me without even talking to me? So this has led him to create a whole show. But what's also of interest is um, he's very knowledgeable about the spiritual components of yoga, and as as uh, and so uh, this will interest Dr. Aaron Garg if he's listening because he's also interested in this. Temporary dance, but it's a, it's it's a lot of storytelling too. So so this is coming to the Push Festival at the end of January for three dates at Performance Works.
2: And Charlie, I've read the article and, and an interesting point you made there that you know some racist acts need not be very physical or it not be very it need not be very overt, but it could be so subtle that you know you need to kind of that's what you call microaggression right but this is where we need to be more aware as to how we kind of identify those moments of racism when it's not very overt it it may not be very verbal it may not be very physical but yet we need to be aware of when it does happen so and then as as a south asian i think another problem that we kind of uh, deal with is not only with racism but with casteism as well and i think that's where his dance comes in and you know the whole performance comes in i'll be looking forward to this one yeah,
1: yeah and it's interesting to yeah. say the caste because He's, you should get him on your show too if you're able to do so.
2: Because yes, we're looking forward to it. He's quite
1: open talking about that and and the cast that he is from, which is not uh, part of the elites, and 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 how it infuses. You know how Kerala is. Uh, you know, is pretty left wing place and progressive, yes. and and also very well educated, and how um, these dances personify. The uh, almost the public sentiment about authority, and and I found it was, it was like going to university. I was interviewing them, all these things I
0: learned. Yeah, no, it was very fascinating. So I highly recommend that people check out this article in Vancouver. Very very fascinating story. Now, Charlie, it is the end of the year, and we at Spice Radio, we love our Bollywood movies. So We want to ask you, what was your favorite Bollywood movie this year?
1: You. Know, I- I've got two choices. One is my favorite, and I'll say it was Runway 34. I really liked it. It had me, it was gripping, and then the second half with Amitabh. I think the most important film in many ways was Lal Singh Chada, and and because that was, uh, you know, it was quite a monumental achievement, and it really said a lot about India and where it's at, where some people, notably Amar Khan, wanted to go. And I thought it was quite a smart adaptation of Forrest Gump in an Indian setting. And um, the more I think about it, the more I like the film. And, and I th- also thought Karina's performance was, was magnificent as usual.
0: I, I totally agree with you. Now, have you seen the original Forrest Gump?
1: I actually started watching some of it on TV <laughs> not too long ago. I never actually watched Forrest Gump. I was never interested in it. Ah,
0: um, okay, so you went into it really fresh then, like it was your first time watching Yeah, it story.
1: really was. And um, the one thing I find with Oler Khan particularly, it, it's just the way he acts sometimes grates on me a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, I don't deny, you know, he makes excellent movies, and uh, he's a major talent, obviously, and exceptionally intelligent. But I don't find he's as natural an actor, say, as Ajay Devkin, for instance. Mm.
0: So. Okay, that's fair. You're totally entitled to your opinion there, Charlie. We can agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> okay. I
1: know, I, all the smart people like Amr Khan. That's the thing that I found.
2: But, yeah, Lal Singh Chandra. kind says of.
0: something about me. No, that's okay. That's totally okay. Actually, you're
2: quite right. Lal Singh Chadda had that criticism that he yeah. kind of, you know, just went off with some previous characters in his yeah. previous movies and kind of took it over, and there was a spillover onto Lal Singh Chandra. So, you have a valid argument it's there, valid. Charlie.
0: It is fair. And I do agree that there were some. Some points in the movie i was watching i was like i've seen this character yes. before yes. so it's totally a valid criticism charlie charlie thank you so much as always and a very happy new year to you
1: oh the same to both of you and you take care natasha
2: thank Goodbye. you Bye. happy new year to you